everyone, welcome to episode number 59 of the New Slang Podcast. I'm Thomas Mooney, and today's guest is John Bauman, the beloved Texas singer-songwriter. Uh, I caught up with John this past Friday when he was here in town. I'll go ahead and give you a warning, though, on this, uh, this episode. This isn't a music-centric episode at all. It's uh, basically an entire hour of us talking about basketball and uh, the upcoming NBA season. For those unfamiliar, John is a diehard Spurs fan. I'm a diehard Mavericks fan. Um, so we get into what we're really like most excited about this upcoming year of NBA basketball, who our surprise teams are, and uh, some specific thoughts on LeBron James moving to L.A. and uh, Kevin Durant and Giannis, if he's going to make that major leap and become one of the I don't know, top three players in the league. Uh, we preview our like our own teams, the Spurs and the, the Mavericks and so on. Uh, so if you're into basketball, you'll probably love this episode. If you're not, well, uh, I don't know, we'll have another episode coming soon that you'll probably enjoy more. Before going on with this episode, though, it's obviously been a minute since the, the last episode of the New Slang Podcast. Uh, there's been plenty of changes and untimely news etc since the last episode for starters i'm not at wide open country anymore long story short they kind of just like let go of their entire staff so um yeah since this is an nba podcast i'll go ahead and borrow a phrase from the, the great lebron james i'm looking to take my talent somewhere we'll see where they are that's to be determined, but I'll let y'all know where you can read more of my writing once that finds a, a home, I guess. Um, it's kind of like the, since we're, we are interviewing John here, it's kind of like that Bauman line, too soon for accolades and too late to quit. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of a, at this point, a, a lifer when it comes to music journalism, and that's just, you know, I'm not really great at anything else, so. Um, yeah, maybe I need to, I've been trying to, um, update all my resumes and stuff. Maybe I should add some really, really nice quotes from, from songwriters at the end of my resume. Kind of like a lot of what a lot of bands do with their, uh, press releases. They'll have like super nice quotes from other musicians, other songwriters. Um, so yeah, if you're a musician and you want to send me a really nice quote about, uh, me as a journalist, you can go ahead and get a hold of me. It can't hurt, right? Uh, so, anyways, uh, before we get on to this conversation with John, let me go ahead and say that this episode is brought to you by the Blue Light here in Lubbock. And then the new, recently opened, I guess it's like a soft open, what they would call it, uh, the new Blue Light in Deep Ellum in Dallas. It's called Blue Light Dallas. Um, the one here in Lubbock is currently in the middle of their famed fall singer-songwriter competition. It's every Monday night with a finale taking place Monday, November 5th. Uh, doors open at 8 p.m. for each of those songwriter nights. Uh, for the finals, there will be 15 songwriters looking to win. Basically, three songwriters from each of the prelim rounds. Those will be the 15 at the, uh, the finals. It was a really pretty, pretty high honor to be crowned a, a winner. You know, past winners have been guys like Kenneth Lemire and Zach Wilkerson and Jerry Serrano, who is the host of uh, Songwriter Night now. Jacob Fur, Starfire on the Mountain. Um, there's a lot of a lot of a uh, great talent who have who have won the songwriter competition, and there's also a lot of guys who who didn't win, but you know, you, you see their name now everywhere. People like Paul Coffin and Grady Spencer and, um, yeah, a lot of other people. As you know, Blue Light has been a staple of the Texas mu music circuit for a while now. They have always kind of had, like, their ear to, to hear great talent and, um, you know, just kind of delivering, helping out up-and-coming acts as well. It's steeped in tradition and... Uh, but still at the same time really growing and evolving and expanding, obviously, with that, Blue Light Dallas. Uh, here in Lubbock, you have a whole lot of really great bands coming through, a lot of hometown talent. 
Dalton Domino, Grady Spencer in the work, Charlie Shafter, Starfire on the Mountain, Ross Cooper and Brandon Adams. They're all playing in these next coming weeks. Red Shahan, he's doing something really cool in November, the very first week of November. He's playing back-to-back nights, a doubleheader. Uh, later in the month, David Ramirez is coming. Um, and then also in early December, you'll want to write this one down or take a mental note. I don't know what, whatever you do. Uh, American Aquarium and Jamie Lynn Wilson, December 8th. You mark that one down for sure as a great night of music. Uh, Blue Light Dallas, as I've said a hundred times now, is looking really promising as well. They had a, uh, I guess what you would call a soft open. A lot of businesses do this now. Business Businesses do that now. This, uh, soft opening i don't know if they're technically like official open yet but that was with uh dalton domino brandon adams one night charlie shafter the next night and um yeah they have a bunch of really great acts coming through as well adam hood rodney parker um one of my buddies that you'll need to check out is uh slahedka he's playing there in a couple weeks and he's playing the one here in lubbock as well it's a really great singer-songwriter Americana band that you'll want to check out. For more information and dates, head over to bluelightlubbock.com and thebluelightdallas.com. That's bluelightlubbock.com and thebluelightdallas.com. Uh, if you're wanting to advertise here in this spot right here on the New Slang Podcast, send an email over to newslang.editors at gmail.com. New Slang dot editors at gmail.com um you know a lot of folks they'll always ask me hey what are you listening to right now and i i don't know i'm just really bad at that question for whatever reason i almost always blank on what new bands i'm listening to what new artists what new records and um if you're into that kind of stuff you can just go ahead and just subscribe to one of my spotify playlists called tom mooney's cup of coffee I'll leave a, a link in the description. Uh, that's just really a uh, like a cup of coffee of what I what I've been listening to. Um, but since we're going to be giving recommendations here in this spot, um, the records that you need to be buying right now this week um, that are coming out this week are "Jumping Over Rocks" by Jamie Lynn Wilson, "New Freedom Blues" by Town Mountain. There's a really great collab with Town Mountain and Tyler Childers on that record, Carousel by Carson McCone, and Hard Times and White Lines by Whitey Morgan. Um, you should also check out Bell Plains' Malice, Mercy, Grief, and Wrath, and Dirty River Boys' Mesa Starlight. Those two came out last week. Um, and yeah, again, you can find them all on my Cup of Coffee playlist. Last thing, you've heard it said a thousand hundred million times but rate the podcast on itunes give it five stars tell your friends about it and tell them to do the same uh then you guys can talk about what we talked about on the podcast uh it would give you guys something to do uh for social media you can follow follow me at underscore new slang uh twitter is probably the most fun of those but i'm also we're also on uh instagram and facebook and so on uh the new slang the new slang theme song is black horses by briston phillips uh if you don't know briston he's the one who painted all the stuff at blue light he's also the guitarist for no dry county who had a really great record earlier this year called panhandle music uh anyways he's a just a really talented artist uh guitarist visual art is kind of his thing right now so uh, go ahead and check out his art on Instagram at Bluebonnet. He has some really great prints and, and paintings for sale. Uh, it's a really, really great investment if you're into that kind of stuff. So go check out his stuff. Um, yeah, enough rambling. Here is John Bauman talking about the San Antonio Spurs and, and NBA basketball in general. Gonna probably, like you said just a minute ago, drive some people nuts. They'll shut off. But th- this is this podcast is not for them. This episode specifically. But if you're like a a basketball fan, 
you like some basketball talk, this is like the perfect one for you. Like two guys who kind of like aren't Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons, but <laughs> music version maybe. I don't know. I think this is my fifth time to be on here, and I think that's a record. Yeah, you, you probably have the record right now. I've got the record right now. You're uh, you're my Mark Stein to uh, my Bill Simmons. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so obviously you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. The Kawhi stuff. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but like not on a podcast or anything. What was like your your general thoughts on on just the entire situation at, at, at as a whole? It kept me up late at night for the last year until it was resolved. I was going on Reddit, NBA, and you know, looking all through Twitter and ESPN and the comment section of pages, just trying to get every conspiracy I could. I was paying attention to what Jalen Rose was saying. I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast all the time. Uh, I didn't like any of the signs I was getting. Um, it was really, really frustrating because as a Spurs fan, any Spurs fan out there will agree, we've never dealt with anything like this. Um, when the Spurs shipped him out, they did it at 2 o'clock in the morning to Toronto. And then a few weeks later, I ordered a shirt, which I sent you a picture of. It's a black t-shirt, and it's got the word co-witter on it. And uh, it says now, like a person who uh, leaves their team because he listens to his uncle, also a trader. And uh, I don't wear the shirt, but it was one of those $25 <laughs> things. You, you know, it just felt right. But it was really, really frustrating. Really, really frustrating. Right. I think the... I, I guess, like, in the back of my head, I always just thought, this is going to get resolved. It's mm -hmm. going to get resolved because this is the Spurs. Uh, he'll sign a, a freaking Supermax contract. $219 million. That just really never happened. I'm actually surprised by how good of a deal they got for him because he's basically out for an entire year. And they got DeRozan. Yeah. Portal. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good haul. Yeah, Jakob Pertl. Um It's a giant gamble on behalf of the Raptors, but I think they're going to be great. I uh, I think Kawhi's honestly he's my he's my MVP choice. I think at the end of this year, like I think it's I think it'd be worth putting some money on like Kawhi to win the uh, the MVP. But yeah, it's a huge gamble by the Raptors. I'll be honest. You know, you brought up the Spurs, and my, my initial thought was, well, our season ended before it even started because DeJounte Murray tore his ACL. Right. And that, this was supposed to be his third-year breakout year, and I was, like, really excited. I mean, as excited as you can be in the aftermath of a Kawhi trade, but I did watch the game against the Timberwolves, and I know it's overreaction time in the sports world after one game or one week or whatever, but I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw from DeMar, and, uh, and uh, I kind of got excited about it. But the truth is... I think Kawhi's going to go down as an all-time, all-time, all-time great, and it just sucks to lose him. Right. Well, the thing is, it's like you guys, Murray is out. Lonnie Walker, doesn't he have an injury as well? Yeah, he's out um, four to six weeks, and Derek White, who replaced DeJounte, is out. So we're down three guards before the season even started. So it's not great. And when Vegas pins you at 42-and-a-half over under wins, I mean, there's 82 games in a season. We haven't To be a 500 team, it's like, screw this. Let's just tank and get a high draft pick. But it's also like, you know, everyone's getting older on that team, as always. And, right. Well, I always I look back at when you just – if you just look at the roster, you still have two all-stars. Yeah. And that, for what it's worth, typically gets you a playoff seed. Yeah. Even in the West – the West is hard this year. Yeah. But I still think that's like a 7-8 seed. And I know like Spurs fans aren't used to. Now we're not. It's seven, very seven eight seed, but I mean that's the way of life for a lot of teams, you know. Yeah, it's really weird to be like I hate to use the word meddling or middling. We're we're a middle of the road team and um it's a bummer, but we've had years in the past where you know Popovich will sit the guys in a crucial game down the stretch and we'll go from a third seed to a seventh seed because of one game and I think last year was kind of reminiscent of that too and you know in my attitude the, the best team is the whoever has the best player and the whole whoever has the best player is usually going to win the game right. and uh I don't you know I, I love LaMarcus and I love DeMar but we just don't stack up we're going to be a seventh or eighth seed I don't I don't think we'll be I think we'll get in the, the tourney but I don't think we'll do much damage and we're a first round exit team probably yeah well, I mean that's Sometimes that's the way it is. Yeah, which I is. I mean, first off, I'm relishing in this. I love this. Yeah, I love the 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 mere fact that 
Spurs fans are bitching about a seventh or eighth seed or it's it's been a it's been a weird year in San Antonio. I knew it was a weird year. You know, I followed them on Facebook and everything, and they were doing this thing where instead of buying the franchise players jersey in the Spurs gift shop, it was get your own name branded on the back of a Spurs jersey. And I was just like, you know, that's a sign of a, a franchise that doesn't have a something a, a player to, to 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 wrap around. You know, yeah. And uh, I mean, like, what's crazy about the Spurs right now too is. That it seems like Manu retiring is like the oh yeah, Manu retired. Yeah. Like you don't really think like that should be probably the biggest thing in Spursdom in any other year, but it feels like that's on the back burner or like is an afterthought in a way because of the Kawhi stuff, the injury bugs. It's it's shit. been such a strange year and like we can't even like honestly people say it's the house that R.C. Buford built or Pop built or Duncan built I think when Duncan left it was a sign of the times to come because it's really just kind of gone downhill from there and that's a relative statement but like we lost Kawhi Tony went to Charlotte and Manu retired and it's just completely bizarre but yeah the Manu thing has been a little quiet but at the same time you know what's the point of being a 41 year old basketball player on a Eight seed that's going to get bounced in the first round. It's kind of like go go live your life, dude. Is that a dude. shot at Dirk? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I love Dirk. I was having a conversation with somebody about about Dirk's Twitter Twitter game the other day, and we we thought it was great. He doesn't tweet much, but when he does, it's yeah, it's he's, good. He's really great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our obviously I'm a Mass fan. Our final preseason game was in Charlotte. Yeah, and it's so strange. It's obviously Tony's playing there, but he's also on the off the bench. Yeah, backing up uh, Kimball Walker. And I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's funny to know that he took that role because I think, well, at least from what I understood, is when he left, he thought he was going to be more of a, a lead figure in that. Maybe not starting, but maybe starting for the Hornets. And he's not starting. He's doing probably exactly what he'd be doing for the Spurs. You know. Well, he'd be starting for the Spurs now. He would which be. Which is the funny would, part, but. It is it's strange. And uh, uh, but who's the uh, who's the coach for Charlotte? He's an old Spurs guy. Isn't there like a San Antonio connection there? Are you on Wi-Fi? If we were real podcasters, we would know. I know. I, I just can't think of what his name is. He's a oh yeah, it's James Borrego. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Not we didn't even use Wi-Fi. There we go. I mean, that's that's Bauman brain for you. Bauman right there. Uh, um, yeah, it's James Borrego. So, you know that, that Tony kept talking about the Michael Jordan effect, like really? he wanted to go work with Michael and MJ. Now obviously he's got his French, the French connection over there. I don't know who the player is. Uh, who, like on on Charlotte? It's right Nicholas. Now? It's Nicholas Batum. Batum yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I I was stuck on the Jordan thing because I'm like, Jordan is not a great. Nah. I mean, he, he's probably a, a decent owner in that. But like, as far as evaluating talent, it's yeah. always like the, like if you notice they're, they're every draft pick they have they've had has been like uh, a four-year blue blood college starter. Like yeah. they picked like Zeller, you know, like a Zeller and they've picked uh Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. You know, like a bunch of like yeah. white dudes. Yeah, yeah, they were on top. In, they were on top going in the in the, the tur- March Madness tournament, but they get to the NBA and it's a different different world. Yeah. Jordan's a funny character cuz like you know, he's famously private and doesn't take a stance and like just with this last hurricane that came through, like he actually donated I think a million or a couple million bucks and it's like that stuff's unheard of for him, but like he's trying to be more proactive. But it's like Jeter, you know. It's like how good are these guys as, as being owners and, and managers and talent evaluators? Elway, you know, Elway's got a, a Super Bowl, a couple Super Bowl runs to his name as a GM. But even still, it's like athletes tough, tough to evaluate talent. Yeah. Well, the thing with Elway, and I don't know if it, this is, I feel like a lot of the stuff is overblown as far as the, um, well, he was a great quarterback. But he's really bad at evaluating quarterback talent. I don't. I. Th- I think there's like a. It doesn't matter that he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. It, it matters that he's as far as him being a, the president of the yeah. Broncos or whatever. Because, well, who did he pick in the fourth round a couple years ago? And they're like third string still. Obviously, he he picked Brock Osweiler. He picked the he picked the Brock um, chip. Who's the guy's name starts with a P? Uh, I think what his name is? Paxton oh, Lynch. There you go. Yeah, Paxton Lynch is probably out of the league. But I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. How do these guys like morph into after after being like an alpha? Yeah, for, like tw- like for forty years of their life. 
Like in Elway's case, Jordan, I guess he played up until he's 40. He yeah. He's at least like 35. How yeah. old was Jeter? 40 something when he retired? I don't know. I want to say upper 30s, but it's got to be a hellacious transition to make. Yeah. Um, granted, these guys are making millions of dollars and have car dealerships and restaurants and things like that. So it softens the blow a little bit. But right. uh, like watching, I haven't watched Kobe's show on ESPN, but like. Uh, Oscar winning. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Kobe size up some plays and tell you what's going on. It's like, sure, that sounds like a fun way to kill some time. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, who's your? We're gonna do like the like who's who's the team that you're, you're excited to watch other than the Spurs? Um, the do you have like a league pass team? I don't have a league pass team. This is gonna sound really weird, but like, I kind of feel like this about the Cleveland Browns a little bit because I watch Hard Knocks. I watch Hard Knocks every year. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Six weeks of of, uh, of the year, like every Tuesday night, watch Hard Knocks this year. I watch the Browns. I kind of got hooked, attached to the Browns. Just I know they're underdogs, but I want them to do well. It's kind of the same thing with, like, Toronto. And this is going to sound so weird as a Spurs fan, but, like, I just want to watch and see what happens with Kawhi, see how dominant he is, see if he re-aggravates anything, how does Danny Green interact. So I would probably put them in there. Um I think that'd probably be the be the team, which is which is which is back asswards for a Spurs fan to say at a time like this. Did you see? Okay, there was a play last Toronto game. Kawhi dunked the ball. Yeah, and he caught it with his other hand before it fell to the ground. Did you see this? Play? No, I didn't. It's so funny looking because like no one never does this, but he one hand tomahawks it, and before like it leaves the net and is falling, and he catches it with his other hand before like falling back down and like just sets it sets uh, it down, and the, it's uh, the dude's a freak. Yeah, he's a total freak, and it doesn't surprise me. And that's what sucks about him not being the Spurs anymore is we don't get any more of those incredible moments. It's just the dude can be everywhere. There's a reason they call him the Claw, the Octopus. Like he's just he's got giant wingspan. He's got seven foot wingspan. I, best nickname I've heard, and no one like I didn't take off. Co- what is it, Quitter? No, I mean that was <sighs> that's funny, but uh, this was, I guess, one of the years uh, against the Heat, uh, Kingslayer. Oh. I thought that was like I I don't know I heard it a few times on Twitter and was well, like, that was a fucking amazing nickname. It, it, it is an and it is an amazing nickname. There's that one scene where LeBron's at the free throw line in the finals and he turns around because Kawhi's coming back in. He's like, "Damn it!" You can just see it on his face, <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh man, that dude has his number." Like he's mm. just I I know he's not on the Spurs anymore, so I can't sound like a total homer, but like I don't think there's a better player in the league than Kawhi. I just don't. All around. I mean, around. is, is Kevin Durant a better defender than Kawhi Leonard? No, but I would say he's, like, better offensively. Yeah, and bright, sometimes, like, bright, bright. Or not sometimes, a lot of the times, like, you're offensive. Like, you can have way more of an impact mm-hmm. offensive on offense than you yeah. can. K- KD's a killer, man. Can be I hate that feeling of watching another team play basketball, and you just know that all their gunslingers are out and, like, they're dropping buckets and they're just gonna keep going in. It's like you you don't even stand a chance. Just you get this weird pit yeah. in your feeling in your stomach. And Kevin's one of those guys. See, I'm a Mass fan, obviously. Yeah, I've said that 300 times now. But I I've always loved the, watching the Warriors. Yeah, and I liked watching the Warriors before they they back when it was even with Mark Jackson. Yeah, you didn't have like the the ball movement as you did with Kerr the first year when they won the championship. But they've always been really really great to watch yeah and of course and then they start winning and then all of a sudden you know durant jumps thundership yeah to go there and then you have a bunch of thunder fans who get real butthurt about it which i mean if i I lived in northern california i would be all about it hell if i lived in like any of the northwest or the western states i'd be like on board with the warriors because it's fun basketball they're Mm -hmm. dominant they got swagger like they're they're great it's awesome, but like when you're not, when you're a Dallas Mavs or Spurs or Rockets fan, you watch them. It just and you're like, well, no, sweet. It's devastating. It's devastating. It's devastating. It's demoralizing because you're Cause like, you, ah, we're so screwed against this team. Every team is. For me, at least, what I always do is I'll be watching with like, if this, 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 and this happen, like we may have we a may chance. have a chance. Yeah. And it feels like sometimes the Warriors, especially last year, when they were just kind of like just. Yeah, muddling through the season, yeah. just re- getting ready to, for the playoffs. It feels like a, a cat toying with a, a mouse. It's just like, oh, totally. Hey, can we all like shoot left-handed this game? Exactly. Like, you know, obviously, they don't they don't do that shit, but it feels like they they could and still 
have a chance to win. Yeah, they could. And then they do something like sign DeMarcus Cousins, and you're like, oh, great. The uh, the machine just got stronger. Yeah. You know? I, I, I saw that. Obviously, the NBA Twitter blew yeah. up. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not as like, holy shit, just cancel the season like a lot of people were. Well, he can't even play till January or February. Well, that's the thing. It's like he can't play for a long time. Two, the Warriors are probably going to win anyways. Yeah. It's not like, and three, it's not like they would be able to re-sign him. Uh, it's like season. having a party and then there's this dude down the street and you're like, hey, we're going to have a party t- tonight. It's the last one of the summer. Uh, come throw it. Come like we know you're like not in our group, but come throw it down with us one last time and we'll all get a ring together and go our separate ways when we go to college. Yeah. Like that's what DeMarcus is to me. Or probably to the Warriors. That's what it feels like. Just like, hey, you want to take a like a, a money cut and come come play for a, a badass team, get the hell out of New Orleans? Come on. Well, I mean, like, uh, with New Orleans, they weren't they weren't offering him a max. They were offering him basically like the, the I wouldn't deal. I wouldn't offer him a max. Why? Well, that's I was. He's, in, he's in, he I was obviously praying the Mavericks w- weren't going to offer him a max yeah. because obviously there's been a whole lot of talk with Demarcus coming to. To Dallas for yeah. a long time. Yeah, uh, we signed his younger brother to the D League team a couple years ago, uh-huh. and of course, you know this was when Boogie was still on the Kings, and it's like the trade's gonna happen. It's gonna <sighs> happen fine, and then of course nothing happens. But uh, did y'all land I, DeAndre Jordan this year? Yeah, we have DeAndre. Okay, cool. Yeah, I need a Mavs debrief. I think the people of the world need a Mavs debrief. A Mavs debrief. Mavs debrief. Uh, well, we got Luca. I know that's, that's great. That that's fantastic. Really. Atlanta um, is so stupid. Why would they would, do that? Did y'all draft Trey Young and then y'all traded? Y'all swapped? Well, I, I hate whenever like team or when people say like, technically, Atlanta drafted Luca. Yeah. We drafted Trey Young, but it's like no, we traded like that deal was already in place. Yeah. Before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So technically, he wore the Atlanta Hawks hat, but he was a Mav all along. You know, same with Trey, and. Um, so yeah, we got Luca, and he didn't play any summer league. And I'm one of those dudes who watches summer league. I'll yeah, find the stream. Why didn't he play summer league? Because he had just like the he didn't he finish out his contract over in Europe. Yeah, Was that they it? Were, like in uh, they had just like won the championship in some Euro league, not like the because uh, there's like two leagues in Europe. Yeah, as far as like what they can play in. Right. So he had just they had just finished out a, a game or the the playoffs right so uh within 48 hours or something like that he was like named the mvp well he's in ball shape you know finals a lot of these guys that finished playing in march that haven't been been dicking around or whatever might not be in good ball shape he's in shape well he He just might be a little he's not in shape anymore okay because like this is what happened so he got drafted he had played upwards to like 80 something games in like a 365 year calendar day calendar you know yeah 80 something games in that Time period, he comes over, gets drafted. So they're like, "We're not going to put him in summer league. He'll work out some, do some practices, but no, uh, no playing." And then he took off for like three weeks and kind of just. Did you follow him on Instagram? What was he up to on the on the gram? Oh, he plays a bunch of Fortnite. Oh God, a bunch of Fortnite. Because uh, he's like nineteen. Yeah, he's like nineteen too. Yeah, you got to remember that sometimes. So, um, a lot of Fortnite, a lot of. Uh, his car, and a lot of like this dog him and his girlfriend own that kind of shit. A lot of Dennis Smith Jr. and him hanging out, which yeah. is cool. That was like that's a really, I think a lot of times it's overblown about chemistry when it comes to like oh how are these two young guys gonna <laughs> handle? And it's like they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean they're gonna work out. It's gonna work out. So yeah, he's uh, he's a little overweight right now. It looks like <sighs> somebody called him like he looks like a Seven Eleven. Uh, um, he he looks like he works at Seven Eleven. Oh my god, that's it's hilarious! Like, so somebody started calling him Seven. Well, I feel like an idiot now about the ball the ball shape comments. I thought well, he's he, in he's in shape, like it's in the same playing shape as he was in the. Y'all took an L against the Portland Trailblazers on night one. Suns, Suns, Aiton, Aiton's great. I would love to live in Phoenix and play ball for them. Like that sounds weird, but like. They've got some. They've got some inner turmoil from the management ranks, but because uh, they have horrible ownership. Yeah, they Sarver. fired their GM like a week before the season started. Yeah, that's not good. And this is something that, like, they're they're such a messed up franchise where uh, 
they brought it up during the, the telecast. They had fire, fired Earl Watson like a week into the season last year as yeah. their head coach. Yeah, they so got it's like back-to-back, like super important fucking people in the yeah. franchise getting fired a week before or a week after. But they they're, they look loaded. I mean – yeah, they've been able to they've been able to draft and reload and reload Booker, and reload. Yeah, um, even their their bad picks they they've traded away. Like they traded Marquise Chris away. Yeah, he, he was like a six pick. Yeah, they picked Dragon Bender. Yeah, who another nineteen year old kid. Yeah, but him, T.J. Warren, Josh Jackson, Aiton. If you give them enough shots, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna like hit on somebody, right? Yeah, but. uh yeah, and Devin Booker went off. He was just, like, jacking through. Not how you want to start the season, is it? No, because, like, uh, Dennis Smith looked real shaky. Yeah. After, like, a pretty good preseason. Um, and, of course, it's always it's, – it's just preseason. But, you know, those are signs. He was hitting a lot of jumpers off of pick and roll. That looked really good. That was a way better step. I and think, naturally, this, all these teams that come out of the gate and they're just – they don't have their sea legs, and they're just excited and a little restless. It's like week one of the NFL season, and it's just like it's hard to get it going. It's probably a, a big symptom of well, that. Well, another thing, and this is this is not an excuse, but we were in China this year. Um, yeah, just like the Warriors last year, and the Warriors that yeah, they talk about Philly, that all the time. Yeah. At, look at Philly, like Philly in that first game against Boston looked pretty bad. They did. Were they in China? Yeah, wow. that's who we played in China. Well, they always talk about the Warriors, and I didn't even know the Warriors were in China last year, but it's like, that really, like, takes it out of you, dude. And, like, jet lag's a mofo. And, you know, meet and greets and all that stuff and publicity, it's like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Of course they didn't kick it into gear until, like, the new year, you know. Yeah. And I think next year during preseason, teams are going to be going to India, too. Wow. So there's going to be at least, like, four teams. Yeah. China, India. The, that's the growing market. The NBA is so weird because it's like it's dominated by the West. We've got a few marquee teams in the East. I'm going to say Philadelphia, Boston, and Toronto right now. I take Cleveland out now. Yeah. I t- we have three marquee teams in the East. We've got, we got six to eight in the West. I mean, that, might, that might be generous. Um, but it's like I'm only paying attention to Western Conference basketball and those three Eastern Conference teams. Like I don't care about the Hornets. I don't care about the Orlando Magic. You know, it's just the Brooklyn Nets. I'll tell you who else is going to be interesting this year. That might make the marquee conversation for me is the the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis. Yeah, and it's, that's and they got Mike Budenholzer, and he's a Spurs that's guy. That's a coach thing. Yeah, because Jason Kidd was a horrible coach. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know. Like, is he fun employed right now, or does he have a job? I don't. I don't think he's anywhere. Yeah. He. Uh, I. F- I swear, like, ESPN or TNT has to pick him up at some point. Maybe he's really bad on TV. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Milwaukee. With, Bud, throwing even if he was like throwing in a half-ass offense. Yeah. They would be so much better. Um, but like they're gonna be swinging the ball around yeah it's like it, uh obviously whenever he was with the hawks they didn't have like they had horford and Millsap who were like they're all stars but they're like not they're on the ba- they're on the team they're on the wrong side of the the age bracket too and, on the decline yeah and of course like that they they were able to win 60 plus games with i would say above average talent right right with Giannis, like he's a top five guy yeah we might have, you know, if Kawhi stays in uh, in Toronto, which I don't know. They loved him. Like, that opening ceremony. And, I mean, that, that stadium was asses to elbows compared to the AT&T Center where there was plenty, which is not good for the club. Lots of open seats. Like, that place was packed. And he's going to feel that, that fire. But, you know, the Eastern juggernaut competition might be Kawhi and Giannis going at it for the next five years. Yeah. Okay, so if you were Boston, would you, like, you have, if you're Boston, you have, like a, a solid 10-man rotation right now. Oh, yeah. Would you, like, trade a couple of those guys, try and get, like, an Anthony Davis or I don't know who else is really halfway available. But would you try and get, like, a guy like Anthony Davis? I'd obviously see what you got this year because you got to. You got to, you got to give the, the Gordon Hayward thing, and Gordon's going to take some time to get his sea legs too. I, I think he was skittish in the first night. You got to give that some time, but – for a player like Anthony Davis, barring injury setbacks, which he does seem to be prone to, 
I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. He's an athlete and uh you know, New Orleans is not going to make they're just not they're not going to make the turn anytime soon. The West is too competitive and they don't have the infrastructure down there or the talent and it's But hell yeah. I'd I'd give this year a run, but here's here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be Toronto and Boston the Western Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. pardon me. I mean, if if that's the way it stacks up, which yeah. I hope it does, but I think as, so as well cuz I do like Philly. I like Ben Simmons. It's amazing how this guy does not have a jump shot, but is able to get to the rim no matter Dude, not having the, that threat. I didn't start watching him until first round of playoffs last year or the last few games last season, and I was blown away at his court vision mm-hmm. and his sense of uh, where players were and setting it. Setting, I was, it was beautiful, man. It was like when, you, when you're a basketball player growing up and you're playing the game and you're not a big dominant big man, like – the best way to be a great player is to have great court vision and and, and see the see it see the open man and move the ball around and he was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. I, I just don't I don't think they have enough though. I don't know if because I I don't know if I dig the Joel Embiid. I I think Joel Embiid's uh, like hubris is getting in like his Instagram presence. I, I sometimes wonder yeah. if that's going to cloud his vision. You know. Yeah. Uh, I can see that happening, but also like from an X's and O's aspect. Yeah, I don't know if I like the if your two best players are Embiid and Simmons, where both are not outside threats at all. Yeah, uh, and they kind of like take up the same kind of real estate on the the court. Yeah, because there's going to be times where Ben Simmons wants to go down low, and of course Embiid is a low post. There's presence. the there's the Fultz equation too. Yeah, with he with looks the, so bad whenever we played him. Really. Yeah, it, he was. He looked pretty awful. That's that's other than the Kawhi story. That's the most bizarre storyline from last year's NBA season. You know, I, I'm a big believer in things start at the top, and uh, I have some theories on the Spurs kind of whole breakdown. And this goes deep. Like, this is I'm a conspiracy theorist. Guy, conspiracy theory guy. So like, Peter Holt and his wife got divorced. The team is who's going to own the team. Like that's at the very top. And, like, sometimes I wonder if that stuff just ripples down, mm-hmm. which that doesn't have anything to do with basketball. But that being said, like, the whole uh, Colangelo thing and now, like, them taking forever to hire manager, like, freaking hire Sam Hinkie back, dude. Hire Sam Hinkie back. Right. Like, he built the damn thing. Bring him back. What are y'all doing? I can't and then they hired Elton be... Brand. To be... Is it Elton Brand? Yeah. What are they doing? I can't wait until Hinkie gets hired by another team because I think that um, – Dude, real quick, Joel Embiid was wearing a shirt I saw on his Instagram like a year ago, and it was uh, the shirt said, Sam Hinkie died for our sins. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I think whatever team, like, hires Hinkie, though. Um, Just be patient. Give him some time and let him go to work. to understand, you know, that, like, this is a yeah a process, yeah. if you will. It is. It is and, a process. Um, I don't know. I, I think... It goes back to, like, with Hinky, it's all about the get as many shots as you can, right? Yeah. Because the, the draft is just rolling dice. You don't really know. Yeah. There's, like, there's obviously guys like LeBron. Yeah. But, like, everyone else is, you're just, uh, you're rolling dice. So. Hinky's a fascinating character. Shots. He, I've been to his website before, and he's got all these different ideas for for startup corporations and he's like please email me if you have any insight or expertise in these these all these out of the box you know 21st century ideas and like this dude is a brilliant thinker man you know right. like anybody be lucky to have him i think he did some i think he was doing or is doing some consulting with the denver broncos i could be wrong but he's just doing some consulting work but you know last year of anything and the whole colangelo thing was like you know that is that's a great it's a great like you stranger than fiction the, like the, the, there's no if you had asked me to make it I think we were story. talking about this we were texting about this last yeah. last spring or in the it, summer it was in the summer yeah because the Ringer article is the one that broke it and it was like <sighs> have you read this <laughs> what the fuck happened <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a group thread or different text going with like three or four of my friends you included just like are we it is strange the fiction are we really reading this like how does this happen? The ghost, the burner account, like anybody who has a burner Twitter account, whether it's Roger Goodell's wife or uh, uh, Brian Colangelo, it's like you, you people have some serious problems. (laughs) Oh yeah. He has a problem with the burner shit, man. I get it. You know, nobody wants to, nobody, nobody likes to get lambasted in the, in the media, but there's nothing. uh, Burner accounts, pretty, pretty pathetic. Right. 
I, I just okay. This goes back to just one more thing on KD. I know he's soft, he's thin-skinned, but like he's he's not as bad as like a lot of Thunder fans make him out to be. He's not a snake. Is what I would say. Man, I res- I really dig the dude. I think there's a lot of emotions going on up there, and I think there's a really powerful brain. Yeah. Like, I just think he's a smart dude. I think he's invested his money well. He's participating in the Silicon Valley game. Um, he's like, screw it. I want to go win titles. I want to go to Golden State. Screw what everybody thinks. But I think he also, I like that kind of the boldness of it all, you yeah. know. And I, and I think he's leaving after this year. Yeah, I do too. I think Which I think, it's, I think it'd be good. I think it's good for his legacy. He's like the LeBron moved to L.A., I can't think of a more perfect move for a basketball player's legacy than what LeBron just did. I honestly, I thought there was like one more, uh, maybe one bit better. One of what? I thought there was like maybe one place better for LeBron. San Antonio, Dallas. Oh man, man. He would have been. of course. <laughs> that was another thing. I have a friend. We were talking, and we we were just convinced he was coming to San Antonio. And I remember <laughs> I put this thing on Twitter, and everyone was like, "What are you smoking, dude?" And uh, you know. Smoke a little here and there, but obviously <laughs> people thought I was insane. And looking back now, I'm like, why? Don't don't tweet that, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that um, whenever like DeAndre signed the first time, yeah, there was there was there was buzz that KD was really impressed by all the shit we were doing. Yeah, and that he may have wanted to come to Dallas that next season. And then of course DeAndre backs out, and we're left with nobody. So that's my one like. That was that's a great what if for Dallas. Hey, you'll always have 2011. That's I have to hang my hat on. We have, or I have to hold on to that. That's no, the, I I understand. I understand. What I always hate though now is there's a slight revisionist history on 2011. Yeah. From a lot of guys saying, "Oh, he Miami should have won that." Still, there's no way, like they like there's this aspect of of Dirk and the Mavs being lucky, and it's like no, go back and watch those games. Yeah. Like, when Dallas figured it out, Dallas, like, there was no way they were going to lose that series. Yeah, I understand that. I guess at the end of the day, you can always say scoreboard also. But I think of the 2005 and 2007, mainly, I think it's the 2007 Western Conference Finals between Phoenix and San Antonio when it was, I think it was Tim Donahue, or there was all the allegations about refs throwing the game for San Antonio and stuff like that. And it's like, well, those were two of our five titles. Um and if they're jinxed a little bit, kind of New England Patriots style, yeah. kind of like, yeah, it taints it a little bit. It yeah. definitely, it definitely does. But that's you're, you don't have a cheating allegation or a gambling a- allegation. You have just, no. but the 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 what ifs for the Dallas are, um, for me at least, that I always go back to is obviously 06 finals. That's like where Dwayne Wade got every fucking call yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, but then. 04, Dallas Mavericks versus San Antonio. Dirk gets injured and, like, sits up the entire series. And I always thought, like, we had a great team there. That yeah. was Finley, Nash, yeah. Van Exel. And I think we lost 4-2 in the finals, the Western finals. And then also, this is the recent one. This is uh, whenever Vince hit that th- corner three to beat San Antonio in the first round in yeah. game three. That series went game seven games. And I always thought, like, if we were able to beat y'all in six games, if we were able to win in six games, there was, like, that's the – if we were able to win in six games, um, we could have, like, really gone on. There's no way we're going to win the game seven, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Against y'all. And then y'all, like, basically swept every other uh, series that year. What what ifs are real a real pain yeah. in the ass? I mean, I I go back to game one of Western Conference Finals 2016 with uh with Kawhi going down because of the Zaza thing. I was like, we probably would have. Somebody told me there's like we probably would have lost in seven games, and they're probably right. Yeah. But damn it, if we didn't have the Warriors number up 23 in the fourth quarter, I mean, it was like you know, mighty giant slayer over here, you know. Yeah. Well, of course, there's there's the Ray Allen shot. It's the worst. That's the one where you're like, oh, my God. I still can't believe he made that. Yeah, I, I've said this on this podcast before, but I remember watching that game. I was at my buddy's house, and I was about to take a giant pull of Jameson <laughs> to celebrate. And I remember I was about, I was going up to take the pull, and uh, 
Ray Allen made the shot, and I I put the bottle down and just sat on the couch in misery. Yeah. I was bummed for about six months after that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, al- it's always the... Sports are so weird because it's like... I, I f- you feel like a fool. Like, I'm a grown-ass man, but, like, sp- the Spurs are the one team. Like, you know, I've got football connections, college football connections, and some pro football connections. Like, teams you love and things like that. But, like, the Spurs are the one team where it's like, man, they can – they'll they, I get gutted. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's like it's the losses that stay with you way more than the wins. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't I, – I think of 2011, and it's like, oh, that's really good for Dirk. That's good for Kid Chandler. Yeah. Like, think of all these guys without that – ring yeah how their legacies look man i could think of nothing more i'd want if i was a pro athlete than to have like fuck having a good career i want a ring you know like i love how drew bledsoe like drew bledsoe had a like a middle of the road career but he got a ring even as a backup but he was instrumental in that afc game to Mm -hmm. get them to get them over the hump and it's like you know that dude's got a winery now and has a ring you know it's like a beautiful thing yeah the uh the thing too about what, what i find strange though and all that is in basketball more specifically than other sports do we hold the the ring thing uh over someone's head like think of like barkley like yeah like barkley's become a meme in some ways yeah because of the the tnt uh pre and half time and inside well yeah when you're gonna become a giant not just a talking head but like a giant controversial talking head yeah dude you set yourself up for that all the time yeah, but like also, I, I like I just hate whenever like Shaq and Kenny are like, well, our opinions matter a little bit more because we have rings, and it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, argue Kenny was always a role player for sure. Yeah, and, you know, and Shaq, in some ways, was a role player too. You know, I mean, he was. I can't think back. My memory's not going to have to think back on those Laker titles with Kobe, but those first three are definitely like Shaq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Shaq's always the guy who he could have been like he could be uh, undoubtedly the number one uh, all-time center of all time Yeah, had he like just been 100% about basketball and he was never that he was like 90% yeah Uh, maybe not even (laughs) maybe not even yeah maybe maybe 90's generous Um, but you know he's a larger than life guy yeah you know what's interesting though? Uh, we're talking about the whole Barkley thing. Barkley. What's strange about Barkley now is that when he first got that gig, he was this like breath of fresh air. Yeah. And now he's he, he is the media. Yeah. Like he's twenty. Like they were like talking about this is like twenty years on the job now. Yeah. Twenty anniversary. Yeah. And he's he's the the regular take now. Yeah. Like his takes are, they they all feel old and stale. Yeah. And he turned into the old guy he was like going up against in a lot of ways. I just want to see him see him swing a golf club. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. He was on uh Dan Patrick the other day uh-huh. talking about uh they talk they mentioned Fultz with his jump shot. Right. And he's like, you know, a lot of people were comparing this to a golf player, a golfer getting the yips yeah. and he's, he's like, like you're talking to the wrong guy well no he was like no because barkley talks about like how he he basically has the yips and no it's just something he's never been able to get over right and so like he was like you know at one time i was an okay golf player and i've never been able to ever get over that ever <laughs> which is crazy to think like and you've seen him swing like on like any YouTube stuff. It's right? amazing. It's it's hysterical. Every time he's in a pro am or like a celebrity golf tournament, it's like, oh my god, this 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 golf swing is going viral. The thing is, it's I swear you could find somebody off the street who'd never played golf before who could have a smoother sw- swing. Oh no question. That's the thing. Oh no question. I mean, I would argue any of my friends that shoot in the hundreds would have a better golf game than Barkley would. Yeah, it's it's strange, but, but yeah. Anyways. Dallas Mavs, Luca, Dennis Smith Jr. They're gonna bring us the title one day. Well, I hope so, man. I think like Luca's like. Have you watched any of him play? I play any? I watched some YouTube highlights of him playing over in Europe and was impressed and was so happy. He, as much of a Spurs fan as I am, I was happy for you guys. His passing is. And I don't think Trey Young's gonna pan out at oh, all. I, so I, honestly, that's. Uh, I think y'all dodged a bullet. 
that's if we, okay. If we had gotten to that pick, we wouldn't have picked Trey Young, anyways. Yeah, we would have. Yeah, I think this would have been a bad pick too. I think we would have picked Mo Bamba. Yeah. Um, but regardless, Luca, I think he's the, he's one of those kind of players who makes passing fun, makes guys want to run yeah. the court. Yeah. He's hit guys like Dwight Powell has like benefited already just by running down the court. Right, and he's just one of those guys who, he's kind of like in that Manu kind of like LeBron yeah. kind of way, yeah. where you can just see the court, and he sees it right before it happens. You know, how old is he? Nineteen. Yeah, so he'll be around for a long time. Yeah, he's twenty in like December or January or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, he's your he's your bridge to the future, and that's a beautiful thing, and you need it. Yeah, you okay, need something so to build on. Our two guys, Luca and Dennis. Um, if you combine their ages, they're still younger than Dirk. <laughs> I love so. it. Is Dirk, D- what's Dirk, 41? Yeah, he'll be 41 this year. This has got to be the last go-around for Dirk. It has to I, be. I think it has to be, and I kind of hope it is. Because, yeah. like, sometimes you just see him running down court, and you're like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. It's it's rough watching Pau Gasol on the Spurs. Like, he's a giant. That would de- be a great race. Uh, he's just like a gi- giant defensive liability. I'm not saying Dirk is. I don't watch enough Dirk, but like, oh, Dirk is. He's like Powell comes off the bench, and it's like, you know, we're so much better with Jakob Pertl, and Jakob's like 20 years old. You yeah. know, like he only played one season for Toronto, but it's like we might have a future stud possibly in that guy. Yeah. But you know, Paul's a liability, and it's it's weird watching these guys get old. Yeah, the only guy who doesn't age is Jamal Crawford. Oh, yeah. He's like 35, 36. Yeah. Something like that. But, yeah. You also got J.J. Barea. Yeah, we still have J.J. I love that guy. Yeah, he's – I've never seen him in person as far as, like, so you know, close-up. So are we talking Warriors-Celtics? we talking Warriors-Raptors? What do we think? I think it's got to be – I think Boston's going to – I think Boston's going to do it. Um, I mean, it – yeah, I think Boston. Let's go over under on the Lakers, 51. Under. Okay. I think under. I think they're like a 48. Wow. 47. They're going to be a fun team to watch. I'm actually kind of like excited. to. Wa- they're going to get a lot of primetime games. Like, Right. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch them. I, you know, when the whole Kawhi thing was going down, I was like, I don't want to ship Kawhi to L.A. because I don't want another super team in the West. I'm so sick of the super team stuff, but I think it's just the way it is now until there's a new collective bargaining agreement, yada, yada. But uh, I really like Kyle Kuzma. I thought he was a baller. And I know that he wasn't the guy they were floating to us. They were floating, what was the guy for the Lakers? Lonzo? No, it wasn't Lonzo. It was the other, other young guy. Yeah, they're talking about Brandon Ingram. Ingram, is he's going to be a stud. Though. Yeah, he is, but I, there's just something about Kuzma's game that seemed fluid and yeah, he's he could score, and he could score inside, and he could shoot, and it just seemed kind of like a complete player. But this is a, this is one of those little. Uh, it was not a big story, but it was it was a story in the off season. Is that Solonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma rookies together? Yeah, good buddies, but they were like roasting each other on uh, social media all yeah, the time. Yeah, and the front office had to step in and be like. Y'all can't do this anymore. Well, that's the same thing that happened with uh, Nick Young and uh, too, too far down the line. On was this, it D'Angelo? Line. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same. They already. You can't. They can't repeat history. The front office needs to step in. Yeah. That's that's another thing. And like, I get it. Everyone's on their phones these days. Social media. There's a new type of player coming in. It's a millennial player, and I'm a millennial. You're a millennial, arguably, whatever. Like how or whatever that term is means. But like, dude, these players, man. They're like, I follow all the Spurs on social media, and I'm like, God, if Pop's all this shit, which he does, he probably does. Yeah. It's sort of like like Lonnie, like uh, Dejounte. There's some videos of Dejounte and his girlfriend. And he's like locking her out of his bedroom. She's like screaming at him. It's like he's like <laughs> playing a joke on her, but it sort of comes off as like slightly on the domestic abuse side. Like just it's a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, bro, this is not Spurs way. But it's like you know what? Yeah, the times are changing. You know, yeah. most definitely. I just think I going back to the Lakers. I think they're they're gonna have some skids. Because they don't have really great outside shooting at all, they have their like, what is it like a trio basically of old veterans who are kind of yeah. always been castoffs, anyways. Yeah, are like Michael gonna, Beasley, 
Oh, I guess four then. Beasley, Rondo. Uh, Rondo, yeah. Lance, the eighth grader, Stevenson. Yep. And, and um, McGee. Yeah, JaVale. JaVale. JaVale is such a character. JaVale, the, the JaVale slam dunk YouTube videos are my favorite videos of all time. <laughs> He's ridiculous. He was a man for like two seasons. So. Oh, man. So. There, there's some highlights of him in Denver, like doing some <laughs> doing some big dunks, windmill dunks, like bounce off the back of the room and go all the way back. to. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. One of my favorite with him is um, it's in, when he's in Washington. He like, I guess the, uh, he's on offense. They're on offense. And they lose the ball. And he's like running. And he like ends up in the stands. And then he starts running back down court to go on defense. But like uh, the Wizards had re-stolen the ball already. And John Wall's like bouncing it like outside the three-point line. <laughs> and he runs past them. And Wall's like. <laughs> like, but just puts his head down like what the fuck man really so that's a team that'll never get together the the uh the wizards the wizards yeah all the dude this is the thing with the nba it's just middling teams but also like what are you supposed to do after like i get the whole middling thing right yeah um you're right what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do especially if you've never won or if you've not won in like 30 years because like you guys obviously have way more championships yeah, in it's, the period. I'm the worst person to talk to about this. Dallas and San Antonio had like 20 years of, of solid straight, rivalry. Well, yeah, but also just like straight making the playoffs. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And um, it, like, it just feels weird to be a – like what are you supposed to tell like a, a Milwaukee fan or like a – Pray, pray for, pray for the the second coming or a Giannis, you know, or that's all you that's all you can do, you know. Sons, you know, like what are you supposed to? Or I guess Sons is kind of a bad example because they had some success. Like, what is Sacramento going to do? Yeah, you know, like how how long can they support a basketball team? They've already had issues supporting a basketball team there. Like, I think they they have a arena being built. Yeah, just recently built, so they're going to be there for a while, but. It's weird. The NBA market's funny. It's like, why does why is there a team in Memphis but not a team in Nashville? Why is there a team in Sacramento but not in Seattle? Like, and I can kind of understand the New Orleans case. But it's that's the smallest market, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The thing that's probably the best example of any of those is New Orleans, though. Yeah. Because they they've never been a winner, and they've only been there for a while. But like, so you're not putting a winner out. Are you just supposed to like tank again? So New Orleans should really looking for a player like Anthony Davis. Yeah, we have him. Yeah, that's true. So real quick, New Orleans should be called the Jazz, and the Jazz should be the, the Jazz, Jazz should be the should be the Lakers because it's Salt Lake. Okay, and the Lakers should be uh, Showtime, Los Angeles Showtime, or something like that. Yeah, just saying. It's something I've been holding on to for a while, and. uh if you know. you're gonna like start a actually yeah. Pelicans does make sense because that's like the state bird of Louisiana, so I, I you know I can I can see that. But expansion sorry to, sorry to derail. That's just been something I've no. But I, if you're like doing an expansion team, and you can't just pick Seattle SuperSonics, no, like, that's gonna be the next one. But the next one after that, it'd have to be like a badass whale or something like that. Like what? Are, like the Vancouver Canucks are like they're like the Can- Canuck is Canadian, but it's like their logo is like that orca, like that totem pole orca. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you do for Seattle. No, I think like when Seattle gets a team, they'll be the Supersonics. But I'm saying like the one after that. If you were in charge of like, oh, I'm, you know, you're consulting somebody to bring a team, and it's got to be Seattle specific. No, I'm saying like, with with in mind that Seattle's already going to be a team. That'll be a team in five. Yeah, yeah. So the next one after that to make it 32 teams. Oh, you're talking about market in in the United States. Would you? Where would you go? What would you call them? Um. I think Nashville's a really natural spot. I think it's odd that they're three hours from Memphis, so that sort of cancels them out. And if it was – and the thing with Nashville is, like, how do you brand a basketball team in a country music city? It's like the Nashville G chords, you know? Like, that's the not Nashville even fu- – Chris Stapleton. Yeah, there you go, the Nashville Stapleton. Um, golly. Um, I think you can do Vancouver, though. You could do Vancouver. What about Vegas. I think Vegas is a natural spot. I think I think Vegas has become, especially with NBA embracing gambling. I mean, they're gonna ha- they've got a they've got a hockey team. They're about to have a football team. They're gonna probably have a basketball team soon. But and I don't I'm not interested in taking teams away from markets. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, could, I couldn't like 
I have these panic attacks that the Spurs are going to leave San Antonio one day because it's like we're a small market and we have no other pro sports and like how in the new NBA it's like nobody wants to come play in South Texas. Right. They want to go to L.A. I, I, I listened to a podcast the other day and they said every NBA player when the season's over they all converge on L.A. and they hang out there and they live there for the summer and they go rent out nightclubs and do bottle service. I bet that's, that sounds amazing. I yeah. want to go to fucking South Texas, you know? Yeah. The thing is, like you were talking about super teams earlier. Yeah. I think the the way the NBA cures super teams is by creating two more teams at least. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's how they do it. I think that's a good point. Um, it'll probably be Vegas though. Yeah, the I Las think Las Vegas. They, I hope that's not something cheesy, like the Las Vegas Strip or something. Like that. <laughs> Golly, that'd be great. And politically correct too. The Aces. The Aces that could work. Yeah. Golden Knights is a pretty badass name for a hockey that team. That is a great name. Um, and, the, you know, you can do the Raiders anywhere. Like, that's a brand that just travels. The, um, the Brooklyn Nets should have changed their name, too. Though. It could be, like, the Blackjacks or something Black like Jacks. that. Um, or, like, uh, any card, any car, face card, you know. Because yeah. uh, Brooklyn, whenever Brooklyn moved, or when New Jersey moved to Brooklyn, yeah, they had a uh, mascot, a new mascot called, like, the Brooklyn Knight. Yeah. And it was, like... It sh- it sounds a whole lot cooler than it was. Yeah, but it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you you guys should have just changed y'all's name to the Brooklyn Knights. That yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, better yeah. than the Nets. But I digress. No, it's fair. There's a lot of teams out there like what, like Sacramento Kings. Like, how Sacramento has a team? Like, they should be the, not the Tree Huggers, but like, and there's nothing you can't <laughs> do like a green name, but like the Kings would be a badass name for a Las Vegas team. Yeah. Like the Las Vegas Kings or the Las Vegas Las Vegas Jesters. Like that could be cool, but um I don't know. I it's think we need more teams without S's though at the end. We need more teams in the East to be good. Yeah. I mean it's just it's just boring. I love it because it pads stats. It's like Spurs playing Brooklyn tonight counted as a W. You know, we're gonna go three and one against them over the season. You know? Yeah. Well they the thing is is that I think it should just go one through sixteen for playoffs. I do too. Um, I'm glad you brought just that up. Make a even season. I'm 100 percent in agreement, and glad you brought that up because when that idea got floated last year, I was so excited. I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go! Let's one through sixteen, through two through two beats, two takes on fifteen, three fourteen, so on." Um, I think that's the way to go because this is annoying. I mean, this the 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 balance of power has been. I mean, who in the East has won a title since tw- 2000 other than the Miami Heat? Cavs. But LeBron, the Cavs. Basically. So it, it's been LeBron teams. And Boston. Boston won. I mean, the, the last, they did they got one. So we have yeah. two, we have two, do we have two Eastern? And t- Detroit. Detroit. So we have three. Four. We have three over but the no, last 18 years. Yeah. So, but I mean, ever since Jordan, ever since Jordan got the last title in 99, the East has not been dominant. And it makes for, it makes for poor competition, I think. Right. It's like, screw it, dude. The Western Conference Finals is the NBA Finals for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Plus, I also hate um, when, like, a, a team in the West is basically a nine seed. Like, they're the ninth, and they're 48 and uh, yeah. whatever. And then and the and East, yeah, they're, they're, they, they won 10 more games than an Eastern seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one year, Golden State, it was a year after Golden State beat Dallas, so it had to be 07. Um Golden State was a, was going to be was like the ninth team, and they had they were like a fifty win team. Yeah, it's insane. Kind of, it's like it's like a it's like a when when the, the Pats they won they went ten and six with a right. with Castle and they didn't get in. It's yeah. like <laughs> how how does this happen? But just the circumstances of the year. But yeah, you know, I I think the NBA. It's like if you're going to embrace gambling, can we please embrace a one through sixteen? But it totally nulls the whole conference thing, doesn't it? You know. You can still have conferences, but it's right. I don't know, but divisions don't matter anymore. We still have divisions. No, it's yeah, it's not like a football where it's like you got to beat the teams in your division to to really yeah. really stake your claim. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, I don't know. So, so wh- who are you? I said Golden State and Boston. Are you Golden State, Boston? I'm Golden State out of the West for sure. I think they'll be challenged by. I just don't think Houston's going to have the same firepower. I don't think so. And I don't – I've never been a believer in OKC. 
my my uh, wild card. Yeah. For the West is the Utah Jazz. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, Tough team, well always, coached, well rounded. They've always kind of given them yeah. fits with length. Yeah. Because Gobert is so long. Yeah. I like that. Um, but I I still don't think that's like I think they're like. Maybe they can give them a game. Maybe they're, two. They're like a, a a player away. Yeah. Yeah, Utah, Utah and Denver. Like they're a solid three seed. I don't pay enough attention to either one of those teams, but you know, I I watch these other teams when the Spurs play them because I do. You know, I've I got Fox Sports Southwest, so I watch almost every single Spurs game that I can, and I watch the other teams. And dude, Utah and Denver, two teams that have struggled over the last twenty years, are really grounded into form. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, I like I like the Utah pick. So obviously, Golden State is coming out. Um, and like I said before, man, I'm coming down to Boston or Toronto. I just think Toronto might be able to do it. And I just say that because I'll take Kawhi over any player on the Celtics in That's a, an, in a one-on-one. What you're bringing it down to, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is what, what works really well in Toronto's favor, too, is that Kawhi would be guarding Tatum. Yeah. Just take Tatum out. Yeah. No matter what Bill Simmons says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's out. Oh, yeah. He'd be out right there. Like, he's not going to be – the dominant score in that in that series, but then it comes down to um, coaching, bench, role players, all that stuff. You know, coaching I side Boston, bench I probably side Boston, but atmosphere. I mean, dude, I just we might have a seven game Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe we revisit this conversation in the in the you know in the early summer next year. But yeah, um, let, let let me let me just say I'm gonna take gun to my head right now. I'm gonna say Golden State, Toronto, and Kawhi's the MVP. Bold and unpopular, but I've heard great things about Pascal Siakam. So I mean, he's that. Yeah, he's supposed to be the. I was one guy. I was hoping guy. we'd get. Yeah, so but uh, we'll see, man. They've I, been saying Draymond comparisons. Oh yeah. So, well, it's it's a long season, and I'm more than ready for the Warriors' reign to be over with. Like yeah. I'm over. I'm over. I think it. KD leaves next year. Yeah, New York gone. maybe. I think New York or. Um, Oklahoma? No, I'm kidding. Nah. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Well, a, they wouldn't have any room, but it would be funny. The good old days. Harden, Westbrook, Durant. I know. The Three Thunder. MVPs. Could you imagine? And Sam Presti, man. Hang on to that. You know. You, I, you, I, uh, I gave You can't Sam keep Presti. a good man down. Yeah, the thing is, though, is like with Presti, is like, you know, you give him a little bit more street cred because of the Wu-Tang Clan reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to check that out after this. Paul George. Uh, well, yeah. It, it, this is all for not ultimately because we already know that Golden State's won the title. So, um, you know. Yeah, I, I I also think that Steph needs a Finals MVP. Yeah, he was, like he should have had that first one. Yeah, they gave it to Andre Iguodala, and in hindsight, I think a lot of people go, "Oh, you know, we uh, we should probably give that to Steph." Yeah. But I love Steph. He's a great ball player, but the swagger is just too much for me. And to see a guy kicking that much ass, it's like, God man, <laughs> just quit you on your mouthpiece like that. But I honestly if I was playing that way, I'd I'd be the same way. I'd be like, of so course. yeah. So all right. Thanks everybody for listening to this. I know you probably didn't want to, but you're good sports. Get it? But <laughs> <laughs>